You're listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Hey, welcome everybody to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. My name is Aaron Lutz. I help pastor Clear Creek at our East 96 campus, but I want to thank you for listening today. We're in a sermon series right now talking about the blessing, this idea of passing down the goodness of God to the next generation. And really, this is a series about legacy. Not only do we want to leave a legacy for the next generation in our home, but also in the community that we get to be a part of. So what about a blessing at the ball field? Like, what would it look like for us to invest in the next generation by leaving a legacy through Little League? So today I'm excited to sit down with two area Little League baseball coaches and just talk about how they're trying to coach from a Christian worldview. So I want to welcome Michael Graves and Aaron Chester to the podcast. Thanks for jumping in today, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Excited to be here. Awesome. Well, why don't y'all give us some context? Like, Where do you coach? How long have you been coaching Little League? Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, I just finished up my first year coaching. I've coached other sports, but first year in Little League, uh, I coach in Friendswood. Um, Coached 7U this spring with my son, Austin, and we uh, did All-Stars together. I was one of the assistant coaches on that team as well. So long summer. 7U in Friendswood is machine pitch, coach pitch, kid pitch. Where are you at? It is first year coach pitch. Okay. Cool, cool. All right, Mike, what about you? I actually just finished up my first full year. So I started in fall of 2021 with fall ball and then did uh, spring ball. And then, similar to Aaron, did uh, led the uh, All Star team yeah. out at uh, League City Little League. So. Cool for seven years. Yeah. Seven years. So all three of us have boys the same age, yep. kind of playing and around. But Friendswood League City is that is that a rival? It's not really because y'all are doing coach pitch. They're doing machine pitch. A little bit different. Right. Yeah. 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 And we'll, we'll wait. That rival. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. building. Yeah, yeah. It's festering. They're right? not in our district for the All Star the All Star League. So gotcha. yes, yeah, gotcha. For sure. But y'all do play against like Bayside and NASA mm-hmm. and kind of all yep. uh, the other area leagues. Uh, what about your own playing careers? This is like your chance to brag a little bit. I want to hear <laughs> how awesome you were. Uh, uh, where'd you play? How long did you play? Uh, when did you peak? When was like the top of it yes. for you? Oh, Tell man. us about that. You haven't peaked yet, have you? <laughs> I have, yes. Okay, all right. Yes. All right. Well, you go first. Story. Why don't you start? <laughs> okay. So, uh, very fortunate. Uh, baseball was just a, really just a blessing in my life. Uh, played through high school. Was able, fortunate enough to move on, play in college. So, mm-hmm. I've had two years down in the Valley at UT Brownsville. Spent a year at Stephen F. Austin and finished up at Kentucky Wesleyan College up in Owensboro, Kentucky. Cool. Uh, that's where I graduated from. And then I was fortunate enough to sign a professional contract to play uh, after Kentucky Wesleyan. Mm-hmm. And uh, the peak... Uh, my first professional at bat, my first professional swing, I hit a home run. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, left did. center field. And uh, if I would have retired right there, things would have worked out a lot better. But <laughs> no, uh, it's kind of downhill spiral from there. But uh, <laughs> definitely grateful to the game and uh, yeah, all the opportunity that it's provided me, for awesome. sure. Yeah. That is awesome. I definitely should answer that question first. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I was a multi-sport guy. So my peak was probably my sophomore year. Uh, I played two years of varsity. Um, but. Uh, had a great sophomore year and made varsity uh, as a sophomore, so that was cool. that was a, and so what, that's a big peak. deal. What so, high school? Uh, San Antonio Churchill. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. And my playing career, I feel like I uh, I get better every year since I didn't play. Yeah. You know, it's like looking back, <laughs> yes. man, I was really good. You know, <laughs> like second team all district is yes. turning into like all, all district. I'm leave off the second, yes. all world hey, actually, that's a big all deal. state. That is yeah. a big deal. Uh, so obviously, neither one of you, you know fully made a career playing baseball. You have different careers now. Uh, we all top out at some point. So what's motivated your involvement in coaching? So obviously having boys that are in the league is a big part of that. Uh, but what's your hope for your not only your own sons, but the boys in our next generation within our community coaching through baseball? What's that look like for y'all? 
What's motivated that involvement? Yeah, I mean, I, I really, I mean, I think it, there's there's two parts. There's there's my story, which is I just grew up playing sports. Yeah. Like that's all. I mean, all I cared about as a kid was playing sports and having good grades. Yeah. And so I was just outside in the front yard playing. And I mean, I remember thinking about before I even had kids that I was going to coach my mm. kids. So there's that side of it. But then I actually didn't coach Austin in t-ball his first year, and just observing um, the the level of intensity mm. and hyper competitive. Just it was it was overwhelming. I mean, it, the intensity was you know it, you would have thought the other coaches were like NFL linebacker coaches and not not <laughs> right. T ball literally local coaches. Yeah. Um, and so that really just that helped me remember you know the, to think through my own story mm-hmm. and my passions is like that there's a there's a place and there's a need to um, to model a different way yeah. uh, to coach. And so that really prompted me to do it this cool. year. Yeah, cool. and going forward as well. Yeah, yeah. What about you? What's motivated you to coach? My motivation is just taking what the game provided me, did for me, just through through all the way from, from Little League to high school and to college and then very short stint professionally, just being able to take that and instill that in the kids, um, just bringing a, a, a love-forward environment where yeah. speaking to Aaron's talking about the intensity of the coaches around the league at times mm-hmm. uh, is just too much. Yeah. And you want to just pause and let's – you know, really remember why we're here, yeah. and it's for the kids, and to provide provide those boys with the opportunity to learn the game, learn how to play the game the right way, learn sportsmanship, learn how to be a yeah. teammate, and that that's my biggest motivation is just providing a, an an environment out there on that field of I could say it over and over again, but it's love and encouraging, mm-hmm. just love and encouragement Amen. continually. So. Yeah. So yeah, good. that's part of passing the goodness of God on yep. to the next generation, yep, like it. love and encouragement from men who love these these guys, yep. you know, uh, and shaping them at a young age. Uh, let's talk a little bit about you talked about your own experience, Aaron, with Little League and just the the memories you created there. Like, um, what were some of your greatest Little League memories, yeah. and how are you hoping to kind of create some of those for the guys you're coaching? Yeah, I mean, I played t-ball through varsity so I, ha- I have tons of memories and some of them are you know those plays that you just you're so yeah. thankful that the diving catch just worked out the way you would hope it would and but when i when i actually step back and think about it, it really was it was the friendships yep. it was playing under the lights mm-hmm. you know when you're in elementary school like just at the little league ball field even um but one thing that really it, it stands out right there is like running from the dugout to the concession stand after the game. And I was like, to get, and you know, I don't know what y'all called them, but suicides, as y'all call it, when you mix all the drinks together. Oh, okay. It's a terrible name. It's a snow cone for us was the snow, motivating yeah, factor. So, yeah, snow cones now. That, this yeah. is, you know, long, long time ago. Um, but you mixed all the drinks together, right, you know. Right. And so, but I remember that. Yeah. Like, almost equally as some of the plays or the hits that I, mm-hmm. you know, that I remember. So that helps me because what I want to pass on to my kids is whenever they want, snow cones or whatever yeah. after the game it's like it's not a hey it's late we got to go to bed it's like hey that's a good way to wrap up tonight let's have fun yeah go get a snow cone and then let's get in the car it's and part of the experience yeah get the sugar-free one so you can fall asleep when <laughs> yes. you get home but yeah. um but yeah so what about you michael greatest well, memories to to uh, speak to that where we're at right now leaving the ballpark it's stopping at the nearest place with the icy machine and it's a little bit of every flavor so I definitely <laughs> yeah, understand it, exactly what you're talking yeah. about and uh, that is a must and our not only is our oldest get one but our little guy gets one and nice. he, it's it's a it's an every and oh, after so every good. game thing so, <laughs> so but as far as uh, me and my playing career and uh, just greatest memories at a little leaguer there's no specific play that really stands out mm-hmm. for me it was the experiences of, of being able to play at higher levels along the way yeah the places we were able to play, Colorado and Florida and Oklahoma, you know, specifically uh, 
a lot of the international competition I was able to play against, and that was a that was a, a huge blessing. And just getting able to see how these other coaches prepare, how mm-hmm. how they prepare their players, and just really seeing the full scope of what the game does internationally as well. Um, just kind of a unique perspective, and just that's an experience I'm definitely thankful for for sure. That's cool. Yeah. Did you go play like at Williamsport? Where are you playing against no, people from other countries? So, that's awesome. Uh, there was a specific tournament we played in Colorado, and then there was a, my senior year of high school. Uh, I was invited to a tournament in Florida at the uh, at Disney, oh, which cool. at the time was the Braves uh, spring training home, ah. and that was a that was a really cool experience. That that's was, awesome. Yep, yeah, for sure. Very cool. cool. Very cool. Uh, so having played baseball, I always talk about there's like life lessons that are just inherent in the game, right? They go beyond just the game. So I'm curious, what are some of those for you? Like, and, and have you had some of those kind of teaching moments, even with seven you boys to be like, look, here's what the game of baseball teaches you about life. So what are some of those experiences for y'all? Yeah, I mean, it's it's full of it, right? Yeah. I mean, you could you can talk about, you know, how to fail well, mm-hmm. how to, how to recover from an error mm-hmm. or a strikeout and all that stuff. Um, I think one, one story, uh, from this season that really kind of encapsulates a few things for us was actually the first game of the year. So it really, you know, it's this fun story, but Austin was playing pitcher and this coach pitch. So he's standing next to the opposing coach who actually was pitching from way too close as it turns out. And so this is the, you know, towards the end of the game, it's a close game. The other coach asked the umpire to tell Austin to move back. And all we'd ever told him was, hey, just stand next to the pitcher, either yeah, to the right yeah. or the left, depending on the batter or whatever. Well, he, the umpire steps out into the field and tells Austin, you need to scoot back and shows him where to stand. And th- nothing happened. Like, it was fine. And we get to the dugout. Austin, no balls were hit to him that inning. Mm-hmm. And he, he starts crying. He's like, hey, I don't want to go back. I don't want to play pitcher anymore. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, he told me that. And the umpire was fine. Everything was yeah. good. But Austin was like, I don't want to play pitcher. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, but he's, you know, we need you back at pitcher, you know, let's, let's get back out there. Well, it turns out he, he does go back out there and it, it took some, you know, encouragement and, yeah, and love sure. and, and support. Um, he makes a play t- to get the third out and we get out of that inning. So he makes a good play. And then the next, in the, uh, the bottom of the sixth, the last inning, uh, one of our kids comes up and hits a walk-off mm-hmm. double to win. Cool. But all of that was connected. You know, his resiliency to stay mm-hmm. in the game, to go back out, to be a part of the team yep. through his discomfort, set up his teammate to win the game for us. And then we got to talk about all that together. Cool. And it was just one small play. So yeah. it, was, it was fun. Yeah. So even learning to manage conflict, like, yeah. you know, Absolutely. and disappointment <laughs> and uh, being coached and some of those things, that's all really helpful. Mike, what about you? What are some of those coachable moments? I'll tell you, this is one of the... Uh, the areas that really motivates me to get to the ballpark every day, you know, mm-hmm. I say every day, it's six days a week, I feel like, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so really, you know, I have a, I have a couple stories, but you know, one specifically going into all-star season this last year, my son, Michael Lee, uh, was one of the, the 12 players that was fortunate to be selected on the team. And he was really intimidated mm-hmm. by the, uh, the idea of being an all-star mm-hmm. And he put a ton of pressure on himself. And, you know, he'd go up and he'd struggle at the plate and have it, you know, in Little League, you're only getting two, maybe three at-bats a game. Right. And, you know, I pulled him off to the side over the first or second game, and I said, dude, I, you can strike out 100 out of 100 times. I'm going to love you no matter what. Yes. I'm going to love you just the same. Second story, uh, we had a little boy at our first. So in our, we carried our all-star team into the district play this, this fall for our fall season. And we had one little boy who's a pickup player experiencing the similar uh, thing that Michael Lee just went through. Mm-hmm. And we're in batting practice. We're not even in a game. We're in batting mm-hmm. practice. And he's swinging and missing, swinging and missing, swinging and missing. And we all know that the parents in the stand saying a little something. One coach is saying another thing. Another coach is saying another thing. And mm-hmm. how much pressure is this right. little boy feeling, right? Yeah. So I just said, I said, hey, 
put the bat down. I walked I walked away out to the outfield. We're all away from anybody. And I real I'm real intentional about I try to get down on their level so I'm not talking down to them. Yeah, that's good. So and I just put so, my arm around them. I'm like, dude, don't sweat all this. Yeah. I said, take a deep breath. I said, I want you here to have fun. And we're gonna work through all the when the, the mechanic falls, we'll work through mm-hmm. all that. But it's really just making sure that kid knows that no matter what, and it's any player on the team that I'm leading, that I love them unconditionally. And I just feel like providing that back to love and encouragement, mm-hmm. it just creates for such an awesome experience for the kids and, frankly, for the parents too. Yeah. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Well, and having men that know and follow Jesus uh, impacts a child's life, sure. right? Not just in the home, not just yep. the church, but to have a coach as one of those people, it's, it's really great. Uh, I've, I've thought about lots of life lessons. I've learned to fail. You know, you strike mm-hmm. out, you strike out often, you have to learn to rebound. Sure. But you go one for three in a game, dude, you do that all year, you're a Hall of Famer. Yeah. You know, yep. and yeah. so you're failing two out of three times, uh, but learning to come back from that. I think I probably have tougher skin today because of how hard my coach was on me in high school. And that learned, you know, I, I learned to deal with conflict and mm-hmm. um, rejection or disappointment mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, all by playing baseball. So those are all really, really helpful. All right. So I mentioned you both know and follow Jesus. Uh, I know both of you are deeply committed to the church. You lead in different ways. You know, Aaron's an elder at 528. Michael is a navigator at East 96, but you also serve on Sundays in different ways. Uh, so how is being a Christ follower impacted that coaching style for you. So how do you impact uh, or interact with parents and with players in a different way because you know and follow Jesus? Yeah, I mean, it, it affects 100% of what I do. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I mentioned one of the things that really pushed me into coaching this year was what I saw last year, right. hyper-competitive, com- you know, overly intense. And so it, it would be natural to say, hey, you know, the opposite of that, or actually would be better would just say, hey, you know, it doesn't matter if we win or... Uh, let's just have fun mm. at the expense of like developing skills sure. or you know trying trying hard trying to win and so for me it was not taking that out of it but hey I want to use baseball as the context to share God's way of life with you and like to love and encourage like Michael's saying and so it shapes everything um, because like I said I, I think people look at it and, and it doesn't have to be one or the other it's how do we care about winning? How do we care about playing? And what does that look like if God is with us to um, treat the other team and the umpires and all that? So it it all is shaped by Christ. What about you, Michael? Shapes it all. You know, uh, when you're when you're out there on that field and you're you're not sacrificing the intensity of the of the practice or the intentionality of 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 practice or what we're doing through through the drills, Mm. you're also preparing to win, you know, but it's not a win at all cost environment yes. period yeah. um, and frankly there's a lot of folks out there mm-hmm. that are win at all cost and yeah. um, you know what does that look like missionally mm. when you're out there at that field where where's that that uh, where we're always trying to love and encourage like I keep saying yeah. that but it's literally that's what we're there to do yeah. and you want to uh, just continue to uh, I believe that brings up conversations mm-hmm. that we can have you know where we go to church and why we do what we do and all yeah, those yeah. that all that does just happens naturally once you show that that's where who you are out there on that field you know right. so yeah and i think i think it has to be intentional yeah. and and you yeah. have to think through what's your philosophy of coaching you know because it's really hey i'm going to celebrate the kid on the other team that yep. just made the diving catch that actually we lost i mean uh, actually uh, friends of ours that go to, to 528 i mean their son uh 
made a game-saving catch. I mean, it's a two-run homer if he doesn't jump up and snag this wow. ball. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and I was on third. I was a third base coach, and they, and they were in the third base dugout. I mean, it was one of the best plays yeah. you can imagine for a seven-year-old <laughs> sure. making. And he's one of the best players. And I, mean, I just went. And I hugged him because I know how much they yep. care. And it yep. was just. But that was my natural reaction because I was excited for him, even yeah. though it cost us the game. Yeah. You know. But yeah. you have to think through that stuff before you get on the field. Otherwise, it's easy just to fall into. Hey, I actually do want to win. I want to have more yeah. runs than the other team, and so you, you kind of forget who you are yeah. if you don't. That's a really good point. Like s- establishing that from the beginning, because you do you get swept up in the momentum yeah. and like yeah. the yep. excitement. And so I helped as, as an assistant coach, but I could feel you know the intensity oh, of yeah. the head coach. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. like, man, I want to match that. I'm in <laughs> with you guys. Yeah. You know, so yes. I, I feel that too. Yes. Um, talk about just your other priorities. So you're deeply committed in the church. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a day I saw Michael serve in children's ministry, mm-hmm. help us reset the room, go do tryouts for a fall league, and then coach his you know district team that night. It was an all-day affair for you. So yep. how do you balance like that priority in serving the church, mm-hmm. leading a small group, but then mm-hmm. also investing in these in this next generation at the league? So I actually thought was well, thinking through that this specific question of <laughs> just time, right? I yeah. mean, it's 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 busy. You know, we're in a busy season of life. Yeah. And really, thankfully, I'm the manager of the of the ball club, so I can I can set you know set <laughs> the times of yeah. practice. Uh, thankfully, we're a navigator, so we kind of have that set routine. And yeah. and and Mondays just really a non negotiable for us. That's, that, right. that's when we our small group meets, and so we really protect Mondays. Yeah. Uh, we're, Mary and I are working through carving out some time that we're additionally protecting. We're specifically Saturday yeah. evenings where we can be together, just her yeah. and I, or her us with the kids. Um, but really, it's the whole motivation is is being able to love and to serve others, and mm-hmm. really, I don't know that there's a, a an amount of time that that I'm that I can that I can dedicate that that I wouldn't be willing to do that. Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, the, the the kids are priority, the church is a priority, and just serving others is a priority. So, you know, that's. That's what it is for me. I think you had a key phrase in there about like, uh, there's some non-negotiable times. Mm-hmm. There's ones that we're going to intentionally set aside yep. for these purposes and not let uh, the league or church sure. or other responsibilities, yep. you know, take away from other things you want to invest in. So yep. what about for you, Aaron? Yeah, I think I think discernment is a good uh, addition to what yeah, Michael good. said. Sure. And Absolutely. just because um, we're in 7U and so we're not doing the all out year round baseball, which, you know, is makes some people choose like, Hey, I'm not going to go to church because we just play baseball on Sundays. And it's like, wow, I don't, you know, that, I don't think I could get on board with that, but we had a few tournaments in all stars that were, we won and played on Sundays Mm -hmm. and and we, you know, we're out that week, but, but that wasn't a regular pattern. That's not who we are. Um, and I think one small instance, uh, we, we didn't make it out, uh, into the semifinals and finals in the last tournament of all stars. And I told Austin, Hey, it'd be fun to go watch the championship, you know, Mm -hmm. on Sunday. And, he had been sleeping all summer, and so I just let him sleep in, and we went to the 1045 service that day. Yeah. And he's like, hey, what about the game? I was like, well, I was like, that was only if we went to the early service, mm-hmm. then we could have gone to the game, but we're, we're going to go, because it's not that important. Yeah. It just would have been fun to yeah. see them, you know, how it played out. So, But that was a chance to say, hey, yeah, it, it would have it been good to go, but we, we didn't go to early church, so... Yeah, yeah, that's, that's going to be our priority this yeah, weekend. Exactly. Yeah. I'll tell you what was pretty cool. Speaking of what Aaron's talking about here, the we were fortunate to win that tournament for with our group and our with our district. But having we have many Kirk Creek families on yeah, our team uh, and just a lot of followers of Jesus. Thankfully, mm-hmm. um, a lot of families there, and the number of families that prioritize church and were there at the early service before that 11:45 game. Yeah. And I just told them, hey, if you're rolling in here 15 minutes before game time, we'll we'll 
uh, cinch our cleats up and we'll go to work. Yeah. So, um, so it was just really, really encouraging to hear that for sure. Cause yeah. it's, it's absolutely, we were there, you know, I know several of the families were, were there and just, that's a priority for us. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So talk about Sundays a little bit. So, uh, you know, one of the areas I personally struggle with youth sports is this time commitment that demands certain segments of our day. So, for example, League City and Fall Ball, they're playing on Sundays because soccer and football play on Saturday. So, like, we want people to be able to play that sport, but also play baseball. But we also want people to go to church, yes. right? And so yeah, yeah. we're interacting with the league on that or, or some of these tournaments that are weekend tournaments. And so there's times where it's like, okay, it's, it's all stars. We're going to do this once or twice. Sure. Yeah. But that could be a slippery slope into tournament ball that's every weekend. I mean, as our boys get older, how are you guys preparing mm -hmm. your kids and yourselves for that discussion that's going to come up at some point about how we handle Sunday mornings, our commitments to the church? Talk about that a little bit. Uh, I'll have to check with Rachel on that one. <laughs> yes. uh, no, I, it is. I, you know, we do talk about that a lot. And um, it's it's going to be hard. I mean, we we don't see select ball as, as right around the corner yeah. because we love Little League and we yeah. love what it's about. Um, and that's fine for those who have gone the select route. But, sure. but it does, you know, uh, mean that you, there is a slippery slope and mm -hmm. you have to be careful because, well, we're on the team. Um, you just have to figure out how to handle that. But, but corporate worship... Uh, is formative. Uh, it shapes us, and so it's it's not an option uh, to play baseball. You know, forty weekends a year. Right. You know, so I, I don't know what the number is. Uh, I think discernment's there because sports true. matter. I mean, we, all the life lessons, mm -hmm. the friendships. Yep. You know, we don't strip that away, but right. but there are other days to play baseball too. Yeah. So you got to figure. There's that out. missional opportunities there. We're gonna talk about that in a second. There's yeah. a lot of pros to that. Yeah. Yes. There's yes. also a lot of pros to being connected yes. in the local church on yes. Sunday. Yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah. How are y'all having those conversations, Michael? So I mean. The big thing is is making sure that the the if we choose to go select ball down the road or it, and I believe all these conversations are we're we're several years away from that for right. us I know for our, for our age group right yeah so but yeah that's that's a intimidating thing to mm -hmm. think about right and it's yeah. like you you want to uh, you know obviously provide your your son the the best opportunity to continue to advance but also. What are you giving up? Right. And it's the, the being uh, as a part of our of our local church and as involved as we are. That's a major part of our life, and mm -hmm. it's a lot bigger than baseball. Mm -hmm. And just having to to remind mm -hmm. yourself that. And it's um, man, you see, just a lot of kids get burnt out playing. Yeah. You know, forty weekends a year, and yeah. um, it's just pausing. Let's 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 talk through this. Let's think yeah. about this and make the, the best decision for your kid, for, and most importantly for our family, right? Yeah. So that's um, we'll get to that down the road I for know. sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so part of it's when about, you figure it out, Michael. We'll yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll all have, three we'll, get together. We'll, we'll yeah. get back together. We'll for have sure. lunch and have yes, these conversations exactly. over the years. Um, but yeah, you're helping your kid not get burned out. You're mm -hmm. helping your kid set priorities at a young age. I remember playing ball and um, deciding whether we were going to play in some tournaments uh, when even when I was young, and it, it's. It's grown exponentially. Select ball oh, has yeah. changed oh, yeah. For yeah. dramatically since I was there. Uh, but I remember my parents sitting me down. And this wasn't even about Sunday morning church. This was about Wednesday night church. Mm -hmm. like we, do, we had Sunday morning, Sunday night, sure. Wednesday night in the church yep. that I grew up in before we started attending Clear Creek. And I remember them setting a priority like, we will not play in this league because it demands a practice on Wednesday and a game on Sunday. And we're just not doing that. Mm -hmm. And I... I was mad, I was angry, <laughs> yeah. you know? But I, I remember that to this day because my parents set a priority for mm -hmm. me yeah. that I wasn't old enough to make that decision for myself. Yes. You know, sometimes parents are like, well, let my kids decide. Yeah. You're <laughs> let your kid decide between <laughs> baseball and church? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. let's let's help them yes. when they can't yes. make that right. decision yes. yet. So I think you guys are thinking about it well. Let's continue to think yes. about it well together. Uh, that's, that's all good conversation. 
All right, so as a parent, obviously we want our boys to succeed. We want them to have fun. We want them to learn some things. But what are some benefits you personally have seen? So y'all started talking about this already, but like Mm -hmm. what's the missional aspect? What are the relationships you've had with parents that have benefited? Uh, How have you experienced just personal benefit from your commitment? Man, it it really... I saw God's hand throughout this whole spring. It was so good. And I really, I hesitate to share some of the positive feedback I got because I don't want it to, but I mean, the consistent theme that people share with me or Rachel was just that it was uh, like a light yeah. in in the Little League um, yeah. sphere. And that, and I only share that because that really was my goal going into it. And mm-hmm. so it was it was wonderful to see, but only because like, like Michael said, it's like it, it is such a distinction between right. intense, you know, uh, the way you coach a kid without love and encouragement, what that looks like, and, and what that's doing to the kids. Mm-hmm. And so when other parents are like, hey, you know, yeah, your team was, you know, middle of the pack, you know, you finished fourth place, you, you're not building dynasty here, but I want to, I wish my kid was on your team. <laughs> yeah, yep. And it's not because you're winning every game. Yep. We, actually, they might have beaten us that game, but they're like, the way y'all talk to your kids mm-hmm. and the way, you know, the culture you're building in that dugout and on that field is different than what my kid's getting. And yeah. and they see it. And so um, all of that just creates opportunities. You know, I've been thinking about Ephesians a lot since the uh, Trinity and Gospel uh, sermon, ser- yeah. sermon series. And um, Ephesians 4.1, you know, uh, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. And so that that's really my heartbeat. And that is when I show up on that field that I... I'm ready to represent Christ mm-hmm. uh, in how I communicate to the kids um, and how I conduct myself with the parents right. and all that. And it, it takes God being with me to, <laughs> you know, to work through those mm-hmm. things. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I can think of a specific example, um, one with a family who um, they've become dear friends. And uh, it was right after our championship game, we had just won the district uh, championship. And the mom kind of pulls me over. She's like, hey, after the game, I want to share something with you. So played the game and thankfully we won. And uh, we're out in the middle. I mean, we're in the middle of a baseball diamond. How mm. cool is this, right? And we get to talk about Jesus and, you know, <laughs> and her walk. And, and she's telling me, she goes, I just want to, I mean, like with tears in her eyes, she's like, I just want to thank you similar to being that light. Mm-hmm. Just thank you for, for taking care of our son and protecting him and teaching him the right way to play the game and just really being in an environment of love. Yeah, and I was just, I mean, I, I'm, you know, teary-eyed as well, right? <laughs> Giving her this big hug in the middle. We just want to ship you. And that's uh-huh. what it's all about. Yeah. I mean, if you can't get excited about coming to the ballpark for that, I don't yeah. you know. I don't know. But um, it's a, a second thing, and it'll be real quick, but we just had our fall draft. Mm-hmm. And I was in a room full of, uh, of men who are leading the other teams, and we're going through a draft, and the, the league president's there, and he has notes on coaches that are requested coaches. And this is not me at all. I'm not mm-hmm. a you know not, not a boast or anything. But it's yeah. like one of those things. It's like the Your request name keeps showing up over and I, almost yeah. to a point where I just kind of like was kind of keeping my head down because I don't <laughs> want the other coaches to be giving me. But anyway, it was uh, that was a, a unique experience. But it just kind of just uh, solidifies the work we're doing out there. And yeah. uh, man, it's a it's it's a blast. I love it. Yeah. I know so it's good. it's hard it's hard not to like 
you feel like you're bragging on yourself, you're not. Yeah. Like you are humble, genuine men. And yes. the reality is like, you don't segment your faith. And so it's like, I walk with Jesus yep. at church. I walk with Jesus, I lead. I walk with Jesus on the ball field. Yep. And people can distinguish what is authentic and what's not. Yep. Or people who claim to be followers of Jesus, but that doesn't translate into the way they coach. Sure. You know? And so knowing being in Little League, hearing you tell some of those things, like people love you, not because you won every game, but yep. because you're a good coach who loves the kids and encourages kids. Yeah, I think the missional aspect there too is like you said, not segmenting it. Is it like right. Christians aren't weird? Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, we can be. Maybe we're weird a little bit, but like, it, actually, we can play baseball right. in a godly way yep. and care about developing skills and and actually and care about winning yeah. in its right context. And so, and I think that is uh, can draw people yeah. to to see the bigger picture that that we're created to image and reflect God, and that that's the best thing that, that we can have. And so, yeah. when they see it, it's it's attractive, and it's not. You know, it's like, oh, is a Christian coach? Oh, he just, you know, passes out trophies if they show up to practice or something. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, yes. so that was the word I was thinking of. Aaron is like, it's attractive. Yep. Like even people who aren't faith people, aren't Jesus followers, yep. they're like, man, the way you treated my kid is different than the way that coach treated my kid. Yeah. And there's something different about the way you're doing that. And then they start to tie it to mm-hmm. your, you know, where yep. you're following Jesus. Right. You know, so people know that I'm a pastor. But then like, there's a parent on that team when I was an assistant coach. It was like, man, just thanks for encouraging my kid. Like mm-hmm. they, they don't even want to follow Jesus yet, but they like the way I treated their kid mm-hmm. and they know that's connected to my faith walk you yeah. know and i know that's what you guys are, are doing on the ball field as well absolutely it's awesome hey uh what are some cautions you'd give parents of little leaguers so you guys coach out there you mm-hmm. see the way parents interact with their mm-hmm. kids uh how would you caution little league parents but also how would you encourage or challenge some little league parents as well cautions uh mm-hmm. this is a big one I, I really thought through this one quite a bit and yeah. uh, really a big caution for parents is just making sure that you're backing up your coach and the and if you are fortunate to be with someone who is encouraging, make sure you're backing that that coach up and mm. and we hear a lot. Of, there's a lot of different voices in the stands when, especially when your 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 child's at the plate or you know specifically if it's the catcher and he's you're getting all these different voices out yeah. there and they almost get lost in the noise of what to do mm-hmm. and it just it it just puts so much pressure on the little the little guys yeah. out there and that's the thing. That, I'm real intentional about specifically when our boys come up to plate, tell them to take some time. I tell them to take a deep breath mm-hmm. and then get in there and let's go to work. Yeah. So it's just really um, my uh, encouragement for parents was just, just to continue to just be positive and everything. I promise you those coaches are out there working as hard as they can mm-hmm. to put your kid in a position to be successful and just, just encourage along the yeah. way. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, I think I think similar to that is, is maybe just let them develop at their own pace. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of my favorite things was when Austin, you know, somewhere in the middle of the season, was like, "Hey, Dad, will you can we come go in the backyard and throw the ball?" I was yeah. like, "Yes, absolutely." Yeah. Uh, and that's exciting because it's like it's not me. Hey, we need mm-hmm. to throw because like you know you dropped the ball the other day yep. and like you know we're gonna lose the game exactly. if you do that again. Like it's like he wanted it. It's like okay, now now we can do this. Um, and I think just for me, even just reflecting on my childhood, like I mentioned in my little league experience, like that really like running, sprinting from the dugout to the concession stand actually kind of stands out up there. So let That's them have cool. fun. Good. You know, like yeah. keep it fun, you know, yeah. because it, it's going to get intense and right. it's okay to want to win, but just right. have fun too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That's all really helpful. All right. So when your time is done, we'll make this our last, last question. When your time is done coaching, when our kids age out or they go off to high school or they do whatever they're going to do, uh, what do you hope the legacy 
will be that you left in the Little League where you were. Like if people remember Michael Graves' investment in League City Little League or Aaron Chester's investment in Friendswood Little League, what is that legacy? Um, not like your legacy. It's not about sure, yeah. you. Yeah, but no, it's for not, sure. What's yeah. your hope for when you leave for the next generation? Yeah, I mean, it is not about me. And actually, that's my answer would just be that there, that people would have a, a glimpse of the kingdom of God mm. in the context of baseball, mm. that that love and joy and kindness would fill the ballpark, yeah. and it would be fun, mm. and it would be great, uh, that people would want to be there, um, and they would get to experience God through that game. Through a great so, game? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I echo that, Aaron. It's just you're having that opportunity to be able to do that yeah. at the ballpark and just that, that's lasting generational impact. Yeah. And what a blessing that is for yeah. sure. Yeah. So. Tying it to the kingdom, man. I, yes. We pray often about like, you know, God, your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven or yeah. down the East 96 corridor. Yep. That's a prayer for us at our campus often. But like, man, at the ball field as it is in heaven, what would it look like for yes. us to bring a little glimpse of heaven and the kingdom of God yep. to the ball field? Uh, well, thank you guys for jumping in on the podcast. Man, I respect both of you a lot, not just for the way you lead in the church, but the way you're leading at the ball field as well. I really do think that godly men can leave a legacy in our community through investing in the next generation. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to watch the video of this podcast or share it with a friend, you can find it at clearcreekresources.org, where you can also find articles, music, and a lot more. Again, I'm Rachel. Thanks so much for joining us today.